Hey guys, there's five minutes till service, so please come in, grab seats, grab a friend, make sure you have your notebook open or your notes, and just get ready to dive into the Word and worship with us tonight.
guys. If you haven't already found a seat, I suggest you grab a seat right now and then just get ready to dive in with us tonight. What's up, what's yo, up, Richie? How are we doing tonight? We yeah. Thank you, people over there. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Welcome in. And welcome to our online viewers as well. Thanks for tuning in tonight. My name's Isaiah. My name's Tyler. And we're guys the service host for tonight. All right, guys. Family time question. Everybody stand to your feet. Meet somebody new. Zay, hit us with the question real quick. All right, family time question for tonight is, would you rather never be able to cut your hair again or you can cut your hair, but when you do, you have to start from bald, and then you can let it grow out. <laughs> All right, talk to the people around you, ask them, ask them.
All righty, go ahead and take your seats, everybody. On the count of three, shout out what your answer was. Either bald or never cut. One, two, three. Never cut. Dang, that was a lot of never cut. <laughs> I'm going bald. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to head into announcements now. Tyler, what's our first announcement for tonight? Our first announcement, you guys, if you have Instagram or TikTok, give us a follow, bridgeYTH underscore. If you want to stay up to date on the latest news surrounding the church, bridgeYTH underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Also, guys, if you guys have any tithes or offerings, we have some buckets in the back by the double doors, or you guys can give online uh, or in the app. No pressure at all, but if you guys want to, go ahead and do it. Feel free. All right, this Sunday. Everybody say this Sunday. This Sunday. Yeah. These guys are beating y'all. We got Connects groups. Yeah, we got Connect groups this Sunday. I want to see everybody there, okay? 11.30 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, meet up with your Connect group leaders. We're going to have a good time. Also, guys, we're back with Bible Clubs. So if you want to know if we're on your campus, be sure to text who? DM who, Tyler? Bridge, YTH, underscore. There it is. If you're not following us, follow us and text us to see if we're on your campus, guys, for Bible Clubs. All right, guys. I said this last week. Last but not least, it's what actually it? the best, in my opinion. What is we it, got Tyler? Youth Convention yeah. 2023. All right, it's going to be in late April. Get your tickets now. Don't let it sell out. I want to see everybody there, all right? BridgeYTH underscore if you want some extra details, okay? Yep. All right, everybody, stand to your feet. Come to the front. We got worship. Yeah! Don't need any 
Romans threw them in jail and they could no longer physically walk around and do God's work, talk about the gospel and, and reach people with the name of Jesus and what he had done. And they didn't know what to do except praise God. So I think sometimes we don't recognize the weight of our praise. Like we think, oh, we're just like singing words. We're just lifting our hands. We're just kind of like, you know, having fun, which yes, that's, that's all there. But when we praise God, when we put him in his rightful place, things change. Our perspective changes. The things that we're going through change. It gets smaller. The things that we're dealing with get smaller and smaller when we put God in his place, in his rightful place. Not just as a God who's distant, who's just kind of like what people talk about, but a God that is so near and is so willing and ready to respond to our praise. God brings breakthrough when we put our hands up and we surrender to him and we put him in his rightful place. And so Bridge Youth, I just want you to know the weight of our praise is much more than you could imagine. It matters. And it reminds us of who God is and that he's the one that brings breakthrough, that when our circumstances don't line up, when things are going on that we are confused about and we don't know what to do, we just praise God and we choose to trust him. He changes things. It's about what he does and not about, it's not about what we can do, but it's about what he can do. And so I wanna encourage you with that. So Bridge Youth, I'm gonna have Lily come up and pray before we get ready for the message. Yes. But I want, I want you to remember as we pray how powerful it is to surrender and put God in his place. So I know God is already speaking. God is already moving, but I know he has much more for tonight. I believe he has a word for me, for you. And so I want you to be ready for that word. I want you to put your heart in a position that's like, God, I wanna hear from you. Or maybe your position is, God, I don't know you. Show me who you are. Or maybe it's, God, I've known you for a long time, but I don't feel you, I don't see you. God, I want a refreshing time with you. But I want you to posture your heart in expectation of him and what he wants to do tonight as we pray. All right, let's pray. God, I pray that you can just do something so radical with our hearts tonight, Lord. I pray that you can just bring a fresh wind in this place, Jesus, God. I pray that you can just do what only you can do, Jesus. Let us just lean on your power and your strength tonight, Jesus. We just thank you so much for speaking through Corey, God. We just pray that you do something so big and so wonderful tonight, Lord. We just thank you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, Virgil. I know I got serious, but it's going to be a good night. All right, who's ready? No, 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 no. Who's ready for Bridge Youth? Who's ready for the word? Come on. All right, on your way back to your seat, say hi to five people and say you look good tonight.
Youth, how you feeling tonight? Hey, look at the person sitting next to you. You like him? Do you like who you're sitting next to? It's too late now. What would you do? Move, look at them, and say, what's up? Hey, this is a great problem to have, man. We, we got a packed house tonight. So we're running out of seats a little bit. If you are in a, in a row where there's seats in the middle, can you guys just scoot towards the middle? Everyone can find some seats. There's some right down here. There's a few over here. And then if not... Boys, you guys can lap it with each other. Ladies, you guys can sit on each other's laps too. If we see any girls on guys' laps or guys on girls' laps. <laughs> hey, welcome to Bridge Youth. We're, we're so pumped that you guys are here. We're so pumped you chose to come and spend some of your time with us. We think it's so cool. In the midst of your busy schedule, everything you got going on, you chose to come spend some of your time with us. We think that's so cool, and we just honor that. We appreciate that. Here at Bridge Youth, we like welcoming our guests every week in a way that never gets old for us. Everybody clear your throat. <clears throat> Has anybody seen the vi <laughs> anybody seen the videos of the, the, it's like beauty pageants? Like, what are those ladies called? Whatever they're called. Uh, there's like Miss El Salvador, Miss blah, blah, blah. And then it gets to the lady who she knows because she's already freaking out. It gets to the lady who's friend, and they're all naming the country. The one goes like, Bulgaria, Germany. And then it gets to the girl that's from France, and she's like, France! And <laughs> she's just, get that voice ready, Bridge Youth, all right? We like welcoming our guests every single week by saying, we're here to build you up, not... If you didn't hear that, we're here to build you up, not beat you up. We love you. We back you. We're so stoked that you are here. You don't have to believe to belong here. If you're in the room, you're family. Or if you're watching online, you are family and we love you. Hey, if you got a Bible, go to Matthew chapter 7. Tonight we're kicking off a brand new series. But before we do, um, I want to tell you about uh, I want to tell you about an event that is coming up. Amber and I, as your guys' youth pastors, next-gen pastors, it's one of our favorite events in the whole year. It's called Youth Convention. Who's ever been to Youth Convention? With a, dude, it is so much fun. We're going to San Diego. We're going to spend a whole weekend in San Diego together at the town and country. We take over this hotel. We meet up with like 3,000 of our friends at this youth convention, and we have a blast. It's so much fun. Our friends um, Paul Reed and Glenn Bear are coming all the way from Manchester, UK, to come out and to speak. And then we got our boy Reggie Dabbs speaking as well. It's going to be amazing. Now, here's the thing. Look at your neighbor. Say, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Look at your other neighbor. Tell him, listen up. 
Youth convention is going to sell out. It's not like camp. We can't just, like, bring however many people we want. We have a certain amount of hotel rooms. We got a certain amount of spots on the bus. We've bought a certain amount of registration tickets. So you got to go sign up. If you want to make sure you go, go sign up ASAP. It's the last weekend of April, the last weekend of April. I know, I know for a fact your mom and dad want to get rid of you for a weekend, okay? Tell them to send you with us. We'll go and we'll hang out in downtown San Diego for a weekend. I promise you this. You will not regret going. It's so sick. Also, the mall that we eat at every day, it's like a, 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 it's a designer mall. So, like, there's Gucci and Louis Vuitton and, and uh, St. Laurent. So, we just walk it's 3,000 teenagers walking through these stores looking at Gucci wallets as if we can buy them. It is hilarious, and it's so much fun. Hey, don't miss Youth Convention. It's going to be awesome. All right, Matthew chapter 7. Tonight, we are kicking off a brand new series entitled Rock Bottom. Somebody say, Rock Bottom. Rock Bottom. This is a series all about what do you do when you hit rock bottom? It's a series all about discovering God's light in the darkest seasons of life. Now, here's the thing. Maybe right now you think, oh, Corey, you're going to speak on hitting rock bottom in tough seasons of life. But you know what? My life is good. Name that movie. You guys are the real ones. And you're like, everything's great. Everything's fine. Okay, cool. Um, Has anybody ever been in a place where there are actual tornadoes? Has anybody ever been in an actual tornado? Like you had to go down the basement or something? I do one time in Kansas. It was the most terrifying experience of my life. Now, here's what you you probably know about tornadoes. When a tornado comes, you've got to get into the bunker as soon as possible. As soon as you can, you got to get in the bunker. You got to get in the basement. And the time to build the bunker is not when you see the tornado up the street. By that time, you're already done for, right? So when should you build the bunker? You should build the bunker for the tornado and the storm that's not even yet on its way. And so it is with this series. So maybe you're in a place in a space where life is good right now. God bless you. But here's some encouragement. It won't always be good. Aren't you glad you came to church tonight? (laughs) Some of you who brought a friend is like, I promised he's usually more encouraging than this. He's like, by this time, he's usually like telling jokes or a story or something. The stories are on their way, okay? I don't want to sound discouraging, but that's just life. Life is tough sometimes, but God's good all the time. And, and, and this series is about how not only what do you do when you hit rock bottom, but how do you prepare for the rock bottom that you haven't yet hit? Somebody say amen. So tonight we're digging in to that. Here's your sermon in a sentence if you're taking notes tonight. This is if you leave with nothing else, leave with this. You can't build anything strong on something weak. Somebody say amen to that. That could be it. We, I could just give you that and we can leave. You can't build anything strong on something that is weak. If you put something heavy on that which is fragile, that which is fragile will break and buckle under the weight of that which is heavy. And so it is in your life. That you cannot build a life on something that is not strong, on something that is weak. Because what will inevitably happen is if you do that, all of your life will break and buckle under the weight of life. And when you hit rock bottom, what you've built your life on, your foundation will be revealed. So tonight, I want you to know you cannot build anything strong on something 
week. All right, we're going to dig into a pretty famous parable called the parable of the wise and foolish builders. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? We like standing. Wednesdays is leg day for us. Anybody got a paper Bible? There's a paper Bible. I love, dude, I love paper Bible. I'm actually, I had to, I wanted to read this. Uh, I usually preach from New Living Translation. I wanted to read this from New International Version. So I had to grab my old Bible, which is literally duct taped together because I preached out of it for so long. It's fallen apart. But here we go. Okay, so Matthew chapter 7, verse number 24, um, three verses, 24 to 27. Here's what Jesus says. He says, therefore, everyone, somebody say everyone. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Not Dwayne Johnson, okay? The rock being actual. Another version says on bedrock, okay? It's talking about actual granite, okay? Also, big pet peeve when someone wants to say granted, but they go, well, granite, I'm like, no, not granite. You mean granted, like granite tabletop, like granite countertop? Is that what you mean? No, 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 granted. Right, okay, so granted. Also, when somebody puts your, but they mean your, you are, or you, and anyways. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything, Corey? Nothing at all. It's just annoying, okay? <laughs> oh, dude, that one's the worst. When people go, I could care less, so that means that you care. The saying is, I couldn't care less. I care so little that I could get back. Stop distracting me, Levi. Back to God's word. Verse 25, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on what? The rock. So get the picture. Two guys each build a home, and they build them on different foundations, right? And then this storm comes, and this guy's house, the first dude, it stood strong even though the storm came because the foundation was on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Before you sit down, let's pray. God, would you speak to us tonight? Get me out of your way so you can say what you want to say. God, I don't know what in the world Josh McDaniels is doing with these Raiders, but God, would you just do work a miracle, do something, or at least sabotage every other team in the AFC West so that we can be on level playing ground. Help your football team this offseason, God, the Las Vegas Raiders, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said... Amen. Grab a seat. I don't know what this man. I'm convinced that Josh McDaniels has been sent by Bill Belichick and the Patriots to infiltrate the Raiders organization and sabotage us from the inside out. I know what you're thinking. You guys sabotaged yourself on your own for the last 20 years, to which I would say, shut up. It's none of your business. <laughs> um, hey, have you ever, um, have you and your siblings, where's, where's, where's all the people who've got siblings? Where's the siblings at? You got siblings. Where's the only children? You're an only child. God bless you. Life must be so good. Um, where's all the oldest? You're the oldest of everybody hates you. We all, so much, bro. Where's all the, you're the youngest. You're the baby. Everybody hates you. <laughs> where's the middle children at? My people, I love you so much. Mom and dad forgot we existed. 
They're like, they don't know our names, let alone our birthdays. Sometimes we're there and they're like, who are you? That's right. You're my middle child. <laughs> um, I was one of six, one of six kids. And, uh, and me and my older brother had such a love-hate relationship, right? So for those of you with siblings, has anybody ever had such a horrible fight with your siblings that you thought things will never be the same? I'm going to tell you that story for me. What's your, by the way, th- th- this leans into the story. Of all chores, what's your least favorite chore? On count of three, shout it out. One, two, three. I heard a lot of laundry and a lot of dishes. Bro, dishes are the worst. I grew up like, I, I will, n- I'm a, well, I, bro, when I'm grown, when I'm king of the castle, when I'm the man of the house, I ain't never doing no dishes ever again. A few years back, Amber's like, hey, I can't be doing everything. We both work. Like, you got you to gotta start pulling your weight around here. I said, all right, give me any chore. I'll do whatever chore you don't want to do. She said, all right, the dishes are yours. I said, no, God, why? Uh, dishes are the worst. So one day um, I get in trouble. I was constantly getting in trouble when I was a kid, constantly. I was the trouble kid. I got in trouble. I don't even know for what. God knows what. I probably got in trouble at school. I was probably acting up. I was probably getting detention, whatever it was. And I got in trouble. I go home and... I'm in big trouble, I'm grounded, got whooped, all of that. With my sore bottom, I'm now having to do the dishes, right? Um, People are like, oh my gosh, Corey, your parents spanked you? Yeah, they did. My parents have never spanked me. Yeah, we can tell. We know. (laughs) You grow up like I grew up. You like, you go to the grocery store in hopes to see people get, you see some kid go, no, mom. It's like, I'm, I'll grab popcorn right away off the shelf, just start. Amber's like, what are you doing? I'm like, this kid's about to get whooped. Watch, babe, come around. This is going to be good. Bro, this kid might die. We're going to witness first-degree murder right now. And then mom goes, listen, Timmy, listen. You don't tell no to mom. <laughs> My mom socked me in the face. I tell her no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so so I've, been, I've been whooped. I've been grounded. Corey, go do the dishes. The only thing that I felt would help was, was all right, I'm got, I have to do the dishes. Let me throw on some music, right? So I throw on my corded, my, my straight corded uh, headphones, earphones, and, and I plug in my iPod. So I have a straight iPod. Boop. I put on my most depressing emo playlist that I had, and I start washing my dishes. For no good reason, my amazing, loving, protective devoted brother decides, his name's Josh, if you ever see him, punch him for me. <laughs> he, he walks up behind me, and remember, I'm listening to music, and for no reason, he just, just, sm- I was going to put the phone, or the phone, this is not a phone, it's a microphone. Microphone is a type of phone, just a micro. I mean, he just smacks me. Imagine you're doing the dishes, and you, I turn around, I'm like, what the heck? And he goes, heh. He just laughs. I'm like, what? bro, back up, man. I'm already mad. Remember, I'm grounded, I've been whooped, and I'm doing the dishes listening to My Chemical Romance. I'm at rock bottom, bro. It Down bad. <laughs> like, I am struggling in life. And he smacks me. I said, bro, 
chill. And he's like, I was just messing, man. And he goes, walks away. I put my headphones in. I start doing dishes again. Again, boom. He just smacks me while I'm not looking. And I tell, I turn around. I'm like, bro, you need to back up. My voice cracks. I'm like, it's junior high, bro. I'm like four foot six. I'm like 105 pounds soaking wet. I didn't hit puberty until last week, bro. I was tiny. And so my brother, he had puberty early. Dude's like six foot two, big dude. Nobody wanted to mess with him, right? Scary guy. And so I, I, I'm like, I'm like, you need, bro, back up, man. And I'm already, I'm doing the like, where's all the younger siblings? Where you at, younger siblings? You know, like when you hit that point where this starts happening, you're, you're breathing so hard that your lip is going with your breathing. <laughs> I'm at that point, right? <laughs> back up, Josh. <laughs> you need to chill, bro. And he's like, he's like, whatever. And he, in just dead face looking at me, he just goes, and smacks me. And I'm like about to turn super saiyan, bro. I'm like losing my mind. Every muscle in my body is clenched. And I'm like, you better stop. <laughs> 12 years old. My chemical romance still blaring in my ears. You better stop. And my brother goes, or what? And I go, or, I'll punch you in the face. That's <laughs> all I could think of, right? Or I'll punch you in the face. And then my brother, my older brother of mine, he goes, all right, do it then. And he sticks out his chin. So I said, boom, and I socked him as hard as I could. And I'm not kidding. I ran straight out the front door and started running up the street as fast as I could. I wasn't, I'm covered in dish soap. My iPod's going flying. I have no shoes on. I'm just running. Where? I don't know. I have no clue where I'm going. I'm running towards my, like, my, my uh, uh, elementary school I used to go to, having no clue what the plan is. But while I'm running, remember, I'm like 4'6", 105 pounds. My brother is tall, athletic, bigger, stronger, and faster than me. So, and I don't even got shoes on, bro. I'm running up the street, no shoes. And so I just hear, and my brother tackles me from behind, onto the sidewalk. I'm now laying face down on the sidewalk and he just sits on me and he's just beating the heck out. You're like, oh my gosh, Corey, this sounds traumatic. It was. We grew up in the hood, okay? This was norm. This was a Tuesday afternoon for us. <laughs> As I'm on the floor and he's beating me up, all I can think to do is scream at the top of my lungs, it was worth it! <laughs> and like normal guys, he beat me up a bit. He got off me. He helped me up. We walked home. We never talked about it again. We were all good after that. Normal. It's like, you punched me in the face. I tackled you on the cement, beat you up. That's guys for you, right? Like, how many boys you ever got, you got in a fight in fifth grade, and then that dude became your best friend. <laughs> like, you fought, and then after, you're like, you punched pretty hard, bro. <laughs> like, give me, let's be friends, you know? That's the stupidity. So that's boys. That was rock bottom for me. But here's the thing. Like, things went back to normal because... Deeper rooted in our relationship was a bond, a connection, a brotherhood. This guy was like, my, my dad wasn't around. My older brother raised me in so many ways. He was like one of the only father figures I had at a young age. And there was a connection so much deeper than one fight could ever split up, even if this was a sort of rock bottom moment for our relationship. If you're taking notes, write this down. Point number one, when you hit rock bottom, what is at the bottom of your life? When me and my brother hit rock bottom in our relationship, there was a greater, stronger bond 
than the fight that we had gotten into. When you hit rock bottom, what is at the bottom of your life? If my boys can start heading up and getting ready for this illustration. Um, the, the, the idea behind this is what have you built your life on? Because you can't build, remember, you can't build anything strong on something weak. And Matthew 7, there's two guys here, two guys. One guy builds his house, which is a, a metaphor for his life. He builds it on fragility, on that which is fragile. The other guy builds his life on that which is strong. And if you know me, like if I've been your youth pastor for a while, we're like, like you've been around, you've been hearing me preach for a minute, you know I can tend to be Dramatic. Stop. <laughs> Friends! <laughs> uh, I can tend to be a little dramatic, but I also like see things like in imagery a lot of times. And when God speaks to me, a lot of times God speaks to me through like imagery. And, 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 and I grew up loving music and poetry and reading and books and literature and art. And so I think God speaks to us in a way in which we'll understand. And this is kind of how God spoke to me when it comes to the way in which we tend to build our lives. So you got the one guy who builds his life on fragility. So here we got our boys. Gentlemen, why don't you, why don't you introduce yourself? What's your name? Christian. Christian and? Pritham. Christian and Pritham. Du Bois. So we got, we got Pritham here holding a nice rock. That's a solid rock, man. Now, what is your life built on? Is your life built on, on something that has strength, or is your life built on something that is fragile? Strength or fragile? Strength. Because here's the thing. When you hit rock bottom, what's at the bottom of your life? What's your foundation? Let me show you what happens if your life hits rock bottom, and what's at the bottom is that which is fragile. Pritham, just do me a favor. Would you drop that rock on my grandmother's plate? I'm just kidding. It's not my grandma's plate. It's not. It's just a regular old plate. Amber swore that we got it from, from uh, uh, the Dollar Tree. All right. So when you hit rock bottom, what's at the bottom of your life? Pritham, take it away. I don't know. Legit, we have no clue what's going to happen with this. Like I did, there's no way to test whether or not a plate's going to break. Pritham, run it. Oh, do me a favor. When you drop it, like, yeah, there you go. That's true. I have no idea how that's going to work out. Yeah, there it is. That's going to be great. Wow, that worked out so good. Give it up for Pritham. Dude, that is the best possible way that that could have worked out. All right. So, like, obviously, like, like, when your life is built on that which is fragile and you hit rock bottom, your life falls apart. And this is to me, like, when God was speaking to me about this message, he said, Corey, that's most of bridge youth. But what happens, <laughs> what happens when your life hits rock bottom, but what's at rock bottom is rock? It looks probably something a little more like this. Careful, Christian, you might have to take a step back after you drop that. Hold up. One more time, Christian. Let's see that again. All right. So there's a couple, there's a couple scratches, but how's this rock doing comparative to that plate? So what's your life built on? Because what your life is built on is dependent on how you will react and respond to your rock bottom moments. Hey, can you do me a favor? Thank my awesome uh, 
helpers, the strong, dude, my arm got tired, that rock. Gentlemen, if you guys could come clean this bad boy up. Amber, I'm sorry about grandma's plate. Here's, here's, how, I, here's how I pictured this. Dude, that, that illustration went so much better than I thought it was going to. The way that like, if some media team, can we do like a slow-mo of that later? That's just the sound of your life crumbling apart right there. Because you built your life on that which is fragile. Give it up to these awesome young men. We dented the stage. It was worth it. Tonight's message, week one of Rock Bottom, this message isn't about what do you do when you hit rock bottom. It's about is God at the bottom of your life? Because when this scripture in Matthew 7 is talking about this guy built his house on the rock. The rock is a reference to Jesus. So this message isn't about what do you do when you hit rock bottom. The question is, is is Jesus the bottom of your life, the rock solid foundation in your life? Because if so, when the storms come, you can be all right. Look at your neighbor and say, you going to be all right. But if you build your life on that which is fragile, the moment you hit rock bottom, the moment you hit rock bottom, things will feel like they're falling apart. And some of y'all keep hitting rock bottom because the rock is not at the bottom of your life, aka you've built your life on some weak stuff. You built your life on some, you built your life on some weak stuff. And all the youth leaders said, amen. Amen. Weak stuff, like what? Like you built your life on that relationship that lasted two weeks. You built your life on your boyfriend that Bro, you want to talk about weak? He a little scooter kid that can't even tail whip. But you said, you said, you said, complete me. He said, bro, I can't even complete a tail whip. <laughs> Guys, you, you built your life on the relationship with the girl that can't give you any amount of identity or validity or worth or value. You built your life on the hobby that you think you're so good at, and this is how I'm going to pay for my college. Dope. If you're that good and you can get your college paid for, go for it. But there will come a day when you either, A, cannot play that sport anymore, or B, you at least cannot play that sport as well. And sports will fail you. For some of you, you built your life on your intellect. You are smart. You are. I remember the first time one of our students said, I said, what what are your grades looking like? They said, I got a 4.6. I said, stop lying. 4.0 is the top. You can't get higher than a 4.0. He said, yeah, you can. I was like, no, you can't. You're lying. Because you just just have to take like AP classes and then you get. I was like, you're kidding. (laughs) I literally had no clue. 2.5, 2.7 student over here, okay? I graduated, but barely, (laughs) you know? Uh, uh. And you're thinking, well, I'll get into that great college. If I get into that great college and I get great grades, then I'll get a good scholarship. And then if I get into that good college, I'll get out and my life will be great and I'll make a lot of money. And some of you guys have built all of your life on the intellect that you have, thinking that it will be the thing that provides for you in every single season. When you hit rock bottom, your intellect will fail you. You will not be able to smart your way out of rock bottom. And that is not to say don't get good grades. Hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. I'm just saying, don't build your life on that thing. Some of y'all are building your life on politics. 
Bro, I cannot, like, this is a seat, the first, like, the last few years is the first season I've been doing youth ministry where, where young people, kids, teenagers actually care about politics. They actually care. And they're walking around going, well, I'm, well, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm liberal. I'm conservative. I'm pro this. I'm pro I want to be like, whatever you think you are, you can't build your life on that. I, I, have, I have every single opportunity I've had to vote since I was 18, I've voted. I think once you turn 18, you should vote. And if you don't vote, keep your mouth shut, and I don't want to hear about it because you're not doing the only part that you have. So go and vote as soon as you can vote, okay? Now, I've been voting for a long time, and there's been politicians and things that I've voted for that failed me. Like, there's some of you, you're building your life on movements, you're building your life on these trendy movements that are like all about social justice. And I'm all for social justice. I think God is all about social justice. But these movements will fail you. And there's some of you guys that like, yo, you had things in your bio. You had the t-shirt. Pray to God none of y'all got the tattoo. But some of you guys have been out here shouting this movement saying. And now all of a sudden, it seems like this movement's falling apart. And you built your life and your identity on it. Can I tell you, there is not a single movement strong enough to hold up your soul. Don't build your life on movements. They come and go. Some of these movements, they're going to blow away like a fart in the wind. <laughs> this guy said, I just farted too. <laughs> Some of you guys, you, you've built your whole life. Your life has been built based on a perceived identity of yourself. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. And you've got it in your bio and you've got the t-shirt and you tell everybody every opportunity you get. And your whole life is built on a perceived identity. Can I tell you? Like, you, the, the, the self-proclaimed identity, like, I remember, like, and, and this isn't anything new. Like, when I was growing up, everybody did this. Like, and we did it in, like, everybody's been doing this since you were a little kid in, like, like really basic, almost dumbed-down ways. I remember people always be like, what are you? Are you, a, are you a jock or are you a skater? Are you a scooter kid? Or are you a dirt bike kid? Like, are you a, are you a, are you a nerd? Or are you, like, and we've done that, right? Like, don't build your life on self-proclaimed, perceived identity. Build your life on the word of God. Don't build your life on social status. Some of y'all, some of y'all built your whole life on people's opinion. Like, you're, you're living your whole life to be liked by people you don't even like most people. <laughs> You're like, stop trying to be liked by everybody. You don't even like everybody. And we put so much stock and value in what people think about us. That some of us, we're literally, you might be like, no, that's not me. But the clothes you wear, the way you talk, the things you post, where you go, the people you hang out with, everything is based on people's perception of you. And some of you, you're right now being like, dang, that's right. That's true. Oh, I only told that joke because I wanted to make them laugh. I'm all about making people laugh. I love it. Like, I'm about it. But I, can I tell you, week after week, I don't get up on platforms. I don't get up here to get you to like me. Trust me. Just wait till we get to our second point. I'm coming for you. I don't get up here to make you laugh or for you to go, oh, I think he's, I think he's funny. I would rather be faithful than funny. I would rather, I would rather be reverent, reverent than relevant. I would, rather, I would rather be holy than be cool. When cool is subjective, I'll get it. How cool is subjective. 
Like there's things that I think is cool that you guys don't think is cool. And that's okay. Cool is subjective. If it's nerdy, I think it's cool. <laughs> if you don't like, if you're not cool, in my opinion, you're not cool. You ain't cool if you don't like anime. It's just, it is, is what it is. You're not cool. You're not cool if you don't know every single word to the iCarly theme song. You ain't cool. I know you see somehow the world will change for me and be so wonderful. Love it. I like the next line. The next line is live life, breathe air. I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. I never realized. I, 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 I don't think you're cool if you don't know the words to Moana. I've been staring at the edge of the wall long as I can remember, never really knowing what. I don't know what instrument that is. Does anybody know? It's like some type of flute conch thing. <laughs> like, like, there's things, and that's fine. You might think, Corey, immature. Fine. Like, I refuse to grow up. It's a trap, all right? But cool as well. And some of you guys, your whole life, it's built on, is it cool? Does it make me look cool? Who cares? Cool is subjective. And, and then here's the last part about why it's so silly to live your whole life trying to be cool. It's because the people that you're trying to impress, you're going to graduate from high school, you're going to go to college, the military, the workforce, move away, or stay in your mom's basement for the next five years and play Fortnite. Regardless, 98% of everybody that you see at school every single day today, you will never see them again. You're living to impress people that you will never see again. The vast majority said, I might play PlayStation with them now. What are you building your life on? Are you building your life on that which is weak or that which is strong? Because all the things we just talked about, they're all too weak to hold you up. And when the storms come and you hit rock bottom, your foundation will be revealed. So what are you building your life on? Write that down. If you're taking notes, what are you building your life on? I'm not saying you need to be perfect. Hear me. Just because you make some mistakes doesn't. I was talking to one of our interns earlier today, and she was like, Corey, you remember when I first came into Bridge Youth? And I was like, I do remember. She goes, I was a hot mess. And I was like, yeah, but you were 16. What 16-year-old girl has her entire life put together, right? You were 16, you were just coming back to the Lord, you are figuring out your life, all that, all good. And I said, but here's the thing, girl. Maybe you're not where you should be, but you're not where you used to be. Unless, for some of you, you are, you are where you used to be. <laughs> like, what are you building your life on? Because some of you, what you're building your life on just gets you doing this. <laughs> okay, let's start over. And then it's just like a revolving door, and you're starting right back where you were, and you're starting right back where you were over and over and over again. There's this old saying, nobody really knows who was quoted saying it. Some people think it was Einstein. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that is some of you guys on what you're building your life on. What are you building your life on? Tonight's rock bottom isn't about hitting rock bottom. It's that Jesus, the rock, is at the bottom. He is the foundation. Philippians 4, 11 to 13. This contains one of the most famous Bible verses in all of Scripture. But the context is so different than what most people think. Here's what it says. Paul is speaking. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. 
I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want. Even if I'm at rock bottom is what he's trying to say. He says in this famous verse, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Why? Because he knows Jesus is my foundation, so it doesn't matter what life throws at me. When you hit rock bottom, what is at the bottom of your life? My second point as the band heads up and we start landing this thing, write this down. Weak storm, strong faith. Weak storm, strong faith. If your faith is weak, every storm is going to seem strong. If your faith is strong, most storms are going to seem weak. Let me say that again. If your faith is weak, every storm is going to seem strong. But if your faith is strong, most storms will seem weak. And some of you guys are like, well, I got faith. God, I believe you. You know, you know, I believe in you, God. You know what scripture says about that type of faith? Even the demons believe in God. Bro, you got demon faith? You got like the same level of faith as demons? Is, your, is, your, is the level of your faith that which takes you nowhere and does nothing for the foundation of your life? And I was just thinking about this, this, this story, right? Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, we hear about two guys, one storm. Two guys, one storm. These two guys were in the same storm. And you know what I started thinking? How bad was this storm? Like, how bad was the storm, really? I mean, we, it says, like, there was wind. Anybody ever feel wind? It says that there was some rain. I know here in California, we flip when there's rain. Like, I'm surprised you got, I told, uh, I was telling somebody earlier today, I was like, yeah, a lot of times youth numbers will kind of be down a little bit uh, when it rains. And they're like, why? I was like, because we live in California and people assume it's the next flood. <laughs> like, they're looking for an ark. Like, where's Noah? <laughs> you know, it's, we're Californians and we hate rain. Um, anybody ever been in the rain? Like, okay, so there's, there's wind, there's rain, there's a little flood. We don't really get any, like, we don't really get any reference for like how bad the flood was. So I started thinking, how bad was this storm? Was the storm really strong? Or was this guy's foundation just really weak? I love you guys. I love you. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Here's, here's, where, here's where it's coming. I told you all I'm coming for you, but I love you. I love you. Don't get mad at me. God told me to say this. Um, some of y'all, your, your, your storm's not that strong. Your faith is just really weak. Bro, I love you. I'm not, I'm not trying to come after nobody. Not, like, but like, we're youth pastors and we're people, like, if you, if you, this is sincere. Oh man, we're about to have so many appointments over the next month, Amber. We are people who, we do, like, we want to do life together. I can't tell you how often I'm at coffee appointments and lunch, and we got people here in our office, and we're talking. And if you're someone who's like, Corey, I don't want to just hear you speak from a platform through a microphone. I'd love to sit down and talk through some of the rock-bottom things of my life right now. And maybe you could just pray for me, and we could just have, you know, maybe 30 minutes I could come to the office. Great. Call the church. Call the church. Say, hey, can I talk to Corey? If I'm not in, just tell him, I want to schedule an appointment with Corey. Leave a number. I'll call you back. We'll schedule an appointment. Sit down and talk. We do this all the time. Can I tell you, this, the big corporate moments, this is just a catalyst to get to one-on-one moments where the real change begins to happen. 
That's why after service, we say that five to 10 minutes after service, it's the most important time of our service because that's our moment to connect with you, to pray with you. If you see a leader after service, go talk to them. If you need prayer, go get prayer from them. If you wanna meet with Amber or I, call the church. We'll set up an appointment. We'll sit down. We'll talk. I'll show you my office. You'll see my Funko Pop uh, collection. You'll see my anime stuff. You'll see my Star Wars stuff, my, all my comic books. I got them all in there. And we'll, we'll chat. But we sat in these meetings, and I, I, I talked with young people who are in tears. In tears. I'm at rock bottom. <laughs> My life is just falling apart. Like, what happened? My mom took away my Xbox. I'm like, bro, I'm at rock bottom, Corey. I don't know what to do. I feel like my whole life's falling apart. What happened? My girlfriend broke up with me. I'm like, okay, how long were you guys dating? Four days. <laughs> bro. Now hear me. I'm not trying to diminish or minimize anybody's struggle. But dude, like, some of y'all, it's not that your storm is super strong. It's just that your faith is really weak. You're the plate. And I get it. Like, I'm, I'm not only, like, I'm not saying that, like, all the blame is you. As if you're the only, like, so many of us, us, like, this is, like, that's, that's the preacher, that's the preacher, like, strategy is that you never say you, you say us, but this is the moment where I kind of got to say you because um, I didn't really grow up like this, but some of you guys are growing up in a, like, and you guys are as annoyed by it as I am. Like everywhere you do, everywhere you go, everything you do at every moment, your mom's like, oh, sweetie, no, it's going to hurt you. Come here, stay by mom. You're like, mom, I'm 17. <laughs> Back off. At any given moment, at every second, you're, you know, when you were 10, you're, you're, like, your dad was like, no, no, no. Don't go, don't go on the monkey bars. I broke my arm on the monkey bars one time. And like, okay, I'm being a little bit sarcastic with the parents, but you live in this culture, this society that wants to like coddle and cradle you and protect you from anything bad that could ever happen. But like, we, when, we cannot protect you from every storm of life. You will hit rock bottom one day. That's inevitable. As your youth pastor, I would love to be like, bro, just stay, like, don't go to college. Don't leave. Don't go anywhere. Just stay right here with us and we'll protect you for the rest of your life. I can't protect you for the rest of your life. But you know what I can do? I can help you build some resilience. I was gonna say some freaking resilience, but I don't think I'm allowed to say freaking when I preach. Some resilience. Just edit that part out of the... Like, some of y'all are like, I lack, I lack faith courage because you've been coddled your whole life. It's not all your fault. I'm not saying the fragility that you walk with mentally and emotionally and even spiritually, I'm not saying that the reason that you have that fragility is all your fault. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you've grown up in a generation where somebody said one person says one mean thing to you. They slap the bully label on it and then you're like stuck in a room with somebody, somebody saying, how did that make you feel? Oh, you feel damaged, don't you? And you're like, not really. I think I'm okay. No, I think you're emotionally damaged. And then you're like, am I? Like, I think you are. And you're like, well, I'm eight. And I kind of just want to go back on the playground. But there's this whole world wanting to treat you 
like glass, like the plate. But can I tell you, Scripture talks about this tenacity, this resilience, this strength that we can have. So that when the storms come, my faith's strong. The storm just doesn't seem that bad. What's like the worst case scenario in life? Death. You know what scripture talks about for us believers when it comes to death? Death's a party. Bro, that's homecoming. This isn't my home. My home's in heaven. I'm a foreigner here. I'm as proud as anybody to be American. I love America. History started in 1776, bro. Except Jesus and the crucifixion and the resurrection and all of that really important stuff that all of our faith is founded on, right? But my residence isn't. I'm not spending eternity in America. I'm spending eternity in heaven. So the thing is, is that we can even walk into worst case scenario, even if you get a doctor's like, like, like diagnosis that the end of that thing is death. You know what you do? Number one, God's a healer. God's going to heal me. God's going to heal me. Maybe he uses doctors or surgeons or treatment, or maybe he supernaturally heals me. God's going to see me through this. What if he doesn't? Then I go to heaven and I party with Jesus forever. It is literally win-win for me. There is this strength. There is this power. There is this confidence that we could have. And every single storm of life will look so incredibly small that when the hurricane comes, it looks and feels like a drizzle. Well, how do you start that? Well, you build your life on foundation. Jesus is the foundation, but we're the builders. And this is where so many people miss it. In Matthew 7, who built the house? There was a wise and a foolish builder. A wise man and a foolish man. And those men built the house. Jesus was the foundation, or he wasn't, but the men built the house. See, some of you guys, you thought it ended at the foundation. Jesus is your foundation. I got a foundation. Now it's time for you to build. Build what? Build some strong faith. How? I'll land it like this. Four things really quick. Number one, trust in God. How? Spend time with him. Number two, devote yourself to his word. Matthew 7 says, those who practice what I've said, those who put into practice my word. Number three, plant yourself into community. And number four, never give up. Look at your neighbor, say, never give up. Look at your other neighbor, and like from Sandlot, say, never. I love you, Bridge Youth. We still good? Can I close by telling you a story? So I was in... um, I was in Africa a few years ago and we got to build a church. And um, we stopped at this one church uh, when we, almost when we first got there. Our, Noah, one of our worship leaders um, on stage, he was with me on this trip. And, um, and we got to meet this pastor. And he's telling us about his, uh, his church. He's telling us about them building the church, all this. And in the middle of just a really casual conversation, he goes, oh yeah, and I remember when they burned down my church the seventh time. And, uh, and he just, I was like, whoa, 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 what? And he goes, oh yeah, our church got burned down. And I was like, really, what happened? Like, well, there's some people from like an extreme religious group around here 
that weren't down with people coming in and preaching the gospel. So we got here. We were the first Christian church in the area. We planted and built our church. God started moving. People were getting saved. And these extreme religious people, they didn't like it. So they came and they burned our church down. It's like, oh my gosh, what did you do? He goes, we rebuilt the church. It's like, whoa, that's incredible. So like the church is good now and this, the church now? He's like, no, they, built, they burned it down again. It's like, what? Then what did you do? He goes, we rebuilt it. It's like, how many times did they burn this thing down? He goes, oh, they burned it down seven times. I was like, they burned your church. Like, what did you do? He said, I went. He's like, what else do you do? And his awesome African accent, just like, he just got like pumped and like, like, like just standing with so much tenacity and confidence was like, I just had it in my heart and in my mind. Burn it down however many times you want. We'll keep rebuilding it. I don't care how many times you burn down my church. I'm going to keep rebuilding it. And I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. Try to burn it down while I'm in it. I don't care. And I said, so how is this one still standing? He goes, oh. That's because God gave me wisdom and he showed me after they burned it down seven times, bring, this, bring the church back and open it as a school. See, because we had a bunch of people and leaders in the church that were teachers. And so we could offer a better education in our church than the rundown local school. So we opened the church as, uh, we opened the church as a school as well. And he was like, and then I'm thinking, you're gonna burn down your kid's school? said and they haven't touched it in fact a bunch of those religious extreme people have come and they've gotten saved because their kids are in here not just learning math and language arts they're learning about Jesus and the Bible and these families are getting saved and here we are they looked at me silly they looked at me wrong they looked at me the, mm, they gossiped behind my back my boyfriend broke up with me my mom took that away toughen up and have some faith. Now, maybe you're going through something serious. Can I tell you that tough times don't last. Tough people do. And you're not, you don't walk in your own strength. You walk in the strength of Christ. And so, so for you and for me, maybe we're facing the toughest seasons of our, of our life. For some of you, like, like I said, we meet with a lot of people. We talk with a lot of students. Some of y'all are really going through some stuff. Some of you guys, mom and dad are talking about divorce. Some of you, you've got court cases and things going on, legal stuff in your life that's wild and messy and difficult. Some of you, you guys have, have had family members who've passed away. Some of you guys have had situations that are terrible. Can I tell you, the more the enemy tries to come in and attack, the more you know you're doing the right things. You're building your life on the right stuff. Don't give up. Don't give up. Like this pastor in Africa, don't give up keep building your house on the rock because you can't build anything strong on that which is weak. Bow your heads, close your eyes. God, you're so good. I pray tonight that our hearts would be challenged. God, I'm reminded of the first verse that we saw in this video. Psalm 116, verse 3. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. And that moment is when everything turns around for us, God. I pray that moment would happen right now. That those who feel they're at rock bottom, they would call on your name, Lord. 
they would begin tonight to build their life on the rock. That's you, Jesus. And in that, our faith would begin to grow strong. Our hearts would begin to toughen up. God, that we would, we would then become people that's like, I can make it. I can make it. It doesn't matter what the enemy throws at me. It doesn't matter what life throws at me. God, I know this. If you're for me, who can be against me? God, I pray right now in this moment that young people would have their hearts softened to do exactly what Psalm 116 says, to call on your name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you tonight and you say, Corey, I feel like that's me. I feel like I'm at rock bottom. I, I need God. I need God to intervene. I've turned to everything else and nothing's worked. Nothing's brought peace. Nothing's brought fulfillment. Nothing's, no, nothing's brought relief. I'm willing to try. I'm, I'm willing to try faith. I'm willing to try out this Jesus guy. If that's you. Or, or maybe, maybe you're like, you know what, Corey? My life isn't in shambles. I'm not at rock bottom. But if I ever hit rock bottom, I don't want to arrive at that place alone. I want to know that God is with me. I want to know that Jesus is my foundation before I ever arrive there. If either of those are you, I want to, I want to invite you to call on the name of the Lord, to give your life to him, to begin the building process of your life on the foundation, the rock, Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to respond in a simple way. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand, then you can put it right back down. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Public setting, private moment. This is your moment. This is your chance. You want to build your life on the rock. When I get to three, you lift your hand. One, two, three, go. So cool. You can put your hand right back down. So many hands just went up. It's the best decision you can make with your life. What we're going to do right now is we're going to pray. And I know for some of you, you're like, I've never prayed before. Don't worry. We're going to pray together. We're a family. And I'm also going to give you the words. There's nothing magical about these words, though. What you got to do, you got you to gotta say these words, but wrap your heart around them. Mean them with everything in you. And, and scripture is so clear. God's going to come in to your life, invade your story, a moment with you, and you'll walk with him and begin building a relationship with him. Would you repeat these simple words right after me? Everybody, right out loud, say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sin and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. Tonight, I choose to build my life on you. From this moment forward, I'm gonna follow you. From this moment forward, I'm your child and you are my father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, nobody... Nobody move around just yet. Don't, don't head up just yet. Um, if you just prayed that prayer and so many hands just went up, can I tell you, it's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. Jesus just became your foundation. It's time to do a little bit of building. And some of the most important building you'll do will be over the next week. 
So we want to give you a tool called The Next Seven Days. It's a free gift we want to get to you that'll help answer some of your questions and it'll help uh, uh, get you on that building process of your relationship with God. How do I get it, Corey? Easy. Just go to our Instagram, at bridge, Y-T-H underscore, DM us the words next seven, and we will handle the rest. If you don't got Instagram, come talk to me, talk to Amber, talk to any one of our leaders, and we will get you the next seven days in another route. Hey, one more time. Can we welcome people into God's family? Amen. Hey, would you guys stand to your feet? Would you head to the front? I want to do something a little bit unique tonight. Nobody distracting anybody. Don't pull away from this moment right here. Heading up to the front, um, I, had, I had something I wanted to share and I kind of missed it for a second, so I'm gonna share it right now and then we're gonna get to our response. For some people, if you guys would scoot up just a little bit, everyone's kind of heading up. This is like side note and then we're gonna get down to business, okay? Let's get down to business. Play it to rip, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hey, um, in a moment, we're going to pray for any and everyone who feels like, maybe you don't feel like you're at absolute rock bottom. Maybe you do. Or maybe you're just kind of going through a storm of life that's really difficult. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. But for those of you who are like, Corey, my life's pretty good. And, And I'm not at rock bottom. So why do I need to build this strong faith, this resilience, this trust in God, building on the rock, on Jesus, on that foundation? Why do I need to do that? And I wrote this down, and this is for you guys who are like, my life's good. I don't need to be all super strong and build this strong faith and be all resilient. Here's the thing. Listen, this is the type of thing that Isaiah puts on his like Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or something. Hey, better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. So build your strength. Because right now, it might be all roses and, a, and great. Cool. Build the heart of a warrior that trusts God no matter what. Because better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. And you end up getting to the rock bottom moment down the line. And you're not strong enough to withstand it. And like the foolish builder, your life, your home, and everything comes crashing down. Tonight, I want to pray for some people. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 27 says this. This means that all creation will be shaken. Everybody say shaken. Be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. One of the biggest things we do in rock bottom seasons is we ask God, why? God, why? I remember when I was 19 years old and my whole life was falling apart. I ended up homeless, basically living out of my car, and none of it was because I was living some life of sin. I wasn't perfect, but it wasn't this like, I am now reaping what I've sown. No, I'm, and that was one of my biggest challenges with God. I was like, God, I'm doing things right and everything's going wrong. God, why? And I feel like some of you who are at this sort of rock bottom season of life, you're in the middle of a storm and you're crying out, God, why? What if? What if? Bless you. What if? Somebody say, what if? What if what God wants to do is to shake up everything in your life? He's allowing, not doing, but allowing 
some of the storms, that's a key difference, right? God allowing something and God himself doing it. Those are two completely different things that will shape your theology in a very important way. What if he is allowing some of this to shake up everything in your life that you've been building your life on that will not stand strong in seasons to come? And he's shaking it all up. So only the stuff that's unshakable and the things that can't be shaken will stand. What if at the end of this storm, at the end of this rock bottom season, what if all you got is God? Are you going to be okay? What if all your friends leave? What if you lose that relationship you've depended on so much? What if your social status goes down the toilet? What if everybody unfollows you on social media? What if your mom and dad do get divorced? What if you guys lose your house, the one you grew up in that you have so many memories in? What if you lose it all? What if you lose everything, but you still have Jesus? then you still have everything that you need. And young person, what if God's allowing the storm in your life right now so that you could get to the place where in your heart you'd say, if it's just me and God, I got everything that I need. No matter what what comes in life, no matter what storms I face, if it's just me and God, I'm gonna be okay. Can I tell you, God will take care of you. He's gonna take, he'll turn your storm around. He'll bless you. His heart's to prosper you and not harm you, to give you a hope and a future. His heart for you is that you would live life and live life to the fullest. You'd live an abundant life, John 10, 10. That's his heart for you. But sometimes to get us to that life, he first has to get us to rock bottom and say, let's get rid of everything else that's robbing you of the life that I wanna give you. What if? Are you willing to embrace that storm? Are you willing to let that rock bottom moment get you to where you're fine if it's just you and God? So what I wanna do, I wanna pray for some people we're in that rock bottom moment, but I'm not going to pray alone. I want us to take 30 seconds, 45 seconds to pray for each other. So if you are, maybe you're rock bottom or maybe you're just in a storm and you would say, Pastor Corey, would you pray for me? I want to see who we're praying for. No heads bowed, no, no eyes closed, every head up and every eye open. If you're going through a storm, you need some prayer. Would you just raise your hand right now? Hey, if someone's raising their hand around you, go to them, place an arm around their shoulder. Anybody else? Come on. Don't miss out on this moment. Start praying for them. Start praying for them. God, I pray for any and everybody who's going through a storm right now. God, I pray for those whose parents' relationship seems to be falling apart. God, would you bring healing? I pray in Jesus' name that that story will not end in divorce and division, but it will end with unity and a reconciliation and, God, you taking control of the whole thing. God, we joke, but for those who have had their heart broken, they gave their heart to someone that they felt like they could trust. They gave their heart to somebody that they felt like was worth having a relationship with, and their heart has been broken and it's in shambles. God, would you put them back together? God, would you heal them? Would you help them to forgive that person so they can move into the future you have for them? God, I pray for those who have been hurt by a loved one, a family member, someone they should have been able to trust, and now they feel like damaged goods. Would you, God, would you help them to see themselves as you see them? And would you bring healing, God, for every single person who's going through a storm right now? Would you, God, help them to lift their eyes up to you, where their help comes from, knowing with a, with a God, give them, give them like holy attitude. That's like, 
God, I know you'll come through. God, I know you'll deliver me. I know you'll protect me. I know you'll provide for me. And God, even in the waiting, I'm not gonna let go of faith and I'm not gonna let go of hope. And God, in the waiting, help their hearts to to increase in faith, to get stronger, not weaker. Like scripture says, that, that they, God, in this season right now, they would consider it pure joy when they face trials of many kinds because they know that when they endure those trials that their suffering will turn into endurance endurance will turn into character and character will turn into hope so God let their hope rise God I pray for those who are in a storm right now God it can be so overwhelming when we're in the middle of the wind and the waves and the rain and the floods and everything feels like it's going to come crashing down God I pray that in the midst of their blurry vision and their trials trying to make their way through the storm, that they, like the disciples, they, like Peter, when he stepped out of the boat, faint in the distance, they would see you coming. And they would know there's the Prince of Peace, the one who quiets the storms, and their heart would find rest because their foundation is strong. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Would you just lift your hands all over this place? We're jumping into a moment of worship, and it's these moments where our faith is built. It's these moments where we're building our life on the rock. We're falling more in love with Jesus. We're trusting him more. You are everything, God. We worship you. We honor you. We bless you. We build our lives on you. In Jesus' name worship you, God. You're so good. Honor you. Christ is my firm foundation.
faith right here, right now is the opportunity to start building our faith stronger. So as a community, can we all lift our hands as we sing and as we prepare for when the rains come, when the storms come, because it's a guarantee that we will face trials. We know it's coming, but right here, right now, let's decide to build our lives on the rock of Jesus Christ. Come on, we sing this out. situation because I'm standing strong on you last time and I'm gonna make it through because my house is built on you in that message you guys I don't know if you caught it because it's small it's a very very small word but it's when when the storms come, because they will come, and we were never promised that perfect life. But can I tell you, God sent his perfect promise to live amongst every single one of you, and they're gonna be strong. Those storms, you might be saying to yourself, Trinity, it's too hard, it's too much, it's too heavy, 
and I can't carry it. I know, I've been there, I walked through it too. But you guys, the answer, when you are on your knees like this, look up, because he is right there. He is right in front of you. And he said, I'll carry it, I'll take the burden. I will bear the heaviness because it's not too much for me. And it, it might be too much for you. But if he is your firm foundation and he's what you stand on, you won't fall. You never will. And Bridge Youth, can I tell you right now that God is not just the foundation, but he's what you can lean on. Because in those moments, he is standing right here. He's in every moment with you, in the mourning, in the rejoicing, in the burden, in the triumph. He's there every step of the way. And it's okay. Because God said, I overcame the world. I'm here to stand right with you. And it's gonna be okay. Sometimes you just need to look up. Your pain was never meant to just be sat in, but to get back up and to move forward, to take that step, and it's hard, but you're never doing it alone. And some of you guys tonight, you realize that you took all of your feelings and you didn't just push them aside, you didn't just lay in them, but you took them and you said, I'm gonna place them at the feet of God so that he can move through this, so that he can walk me to the other side because you're not walking through it alone. Is walking with you it's okay you made that decision tonight and that is the best thing that you can ever do can we just give it a round of applause for those people who chose to step into a walk with God if you made that decision you guys do not only have God walking on your side but every person in this room you have a community and we never want to walk have you guys walk through this alone so if you guys did make that decision, you can DM BridgeYTH underscore to receive the next seven days. It's a series of videos where Corey, Pastor Corey will walk you through this next journey of your life. And if you don't have social media, you can find any leader at the end of this and we can get that to you. We don't ever want you guys to walk through this alone. We back you and we believe in you. And Bridge Youth, this is only the start of the party. We also have service on Sundays, so we wanna make sure that you guys are at that as well. If you are not already part of a connect group, join us on Sundays and we can get you plugged in. We love you guys, we back you, and we believe in you. We hope you guys all have a good night. See you guys later, see you Sunday. Yeah, go sign up for Youth Convention. Don't miss Youth Convention. You don't go to youth convention. You're gonna have a hair in your In-N-Out burger next time you go. Go sign up for youth convention.